Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hello. Hey now. <laughs> How are you? Good. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you quickly what the hell I was dealing with yesterday. I, I've got that event coming up next week. I run a lacrosse tournament every year, for those who don't know. In fact, if you have a child born in 2008 or 2009, I could use a few more players in that division. There you go. But anyway, I, I try my best to make sure that these events run so smoothly, and it's a big deal. We've got a lot of American coaches coming in, and it's going to be great. And despite my best efforts, I thought I had everything taken care of. And then I got a call yesterday from the city. They said, hey, Scott, got to talk to you about next week. And I thought in my head, I'm thinking, shit, did I forget to book the venue? What could be, would they possibly be calling me for? What could be wrong? It's the summer. I'm blaming this on climate change. The grass is dead. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's hardly rained in like two months and the grass is dead. It's like a big pile of dirt right now. So that's what they're playing in basically is a big pile of dirt. Um, well, we did have to give up a couple of fields that we had reserved because they're just not playable. And one of the things right now is you might see this at parks in your own neighborhood, guys. They may be closing certain areas because they don't want people trampling on the grass when it's already beaten up from being so mm-hmm. dry. So in that this could case, kill it forever. Like, right. There's no coming back from it if you trample all over this dead grass yes so i had schedules done yeah. and everything and now it's a full court press to redo the whole damn thing because the grass is <sighs> dead because it hasn't rained it sucks <laughs> hey and speaking of which yeah not much happened yesterday guys you probably figured that i was so prepared scott i was ready i was like okay i even text people like i was that person that was like hey it's 3 p.m. You might want to charge your phone up, guys. Hey, guys, make sure your laptops are set or your devices. I was downloading content from Netflix and Disney thinking, ha, ah, I'm going to have the kids entertained just in case shit hits the fan and I have no power, right? I moved patio furniture. I was ready. And then I looked like a big idiot because, no. I mean, look, it was Prepared people are sexy. <laughs> You're, you're right on the money. Prepared people are fine. It's that when you try really hard to prepare, and, and I'm, you know what? I'm going to procrastinate from here forward because that's what I usually do. It's like, let's just see how it goes and see if it's that bad and be the, that last minute person, right? I'm doing that from now on. I don't trust anybody. And I was really, the truth is, I didn't want damage. Don't get me wrong. There's some people that wanted to see those storms and tornadoes. And yeah, one probably did, or two maybe touched down in some spots. Thankfully, nobody was like seriously injured. I didn't want that. I didn't want the tornadoes or the damaging winds that fucked people's properties up. No, I just wanted rain. I just wanted a boat ton of rain. And like, come on, we got nothing. Got nothing. I could use some if you find any. Yeah, like you need it. Cross players, they need it. And my garden needs it. Everybody's garden needs it. It's crazy. A couple friends of mine are firefighters. I tried to convince them to take the truck over and water the lawn for me. <laughs> How'd that go? They're not allowed to do that, yeah, as it can't. turns out. Yeah. But I didn't know. I thought, oh, maybe they need to like recycle the water in the pumper truck or something like that. This is just a great way to drain it. Just go and hose down the field and it'll be good. In any case, we have a lot to do in this episode of After 9. Many different things coming up. Um, and by the way, less than two millimeters of rain yesterday. It was crazy. Mm. Eh, so frustrating. But uh, we'll move on. We could have an airline strike next week. Did you know that? So I didn't know, uh, and it worries me, which airline is it in particular? WestJet. Mm. I mean, that is an issue. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the workers in Calgary and Vancouver have voted 98% in support 
of a strike if they can't work out a deal with the airline. Oh, I'm going to be fucked if that happens. Scott. Well, the the strike could start, they say, as early as July 27th. So I think that's next Wednesday. This is the thing. It's workers in Calgary and Vancouver. That's going to have a ripple effect through the whole system. So I would assume the whole airline would be impacted. And this is not the time we need it. Now, uh, WestJet says they're committed to getting a deal done here with Unifor. However, uh, they the union also pointed out that their frontline workers say it's never been this bad. They say they're facing insults, verbal abuse, and even physical threats as frustration boils over from travelers dealing with flight delays and lost luggage. And that's a shame. I mean, that's a shame to hear. Don't take it out with, on the employees. Never do it. But, Never do it. But then they also say wages are the main sticking point in the negotiation. Okay. So is this about the okay. way they're being treated or is it about money? Or, or are they trying to leverage the, the way they're being treated to get more money? I'm not sure what's going on here. Well, there's only so much you can control. You cannot control how somebody treats you and multiple people are treating you as customers or as, you know, someone who's taking a flight. You can't control that. But the airline can control the amount of pay you get for putting up with the shit. So I think it's a little bit of both. I see it. I, I see it, but it, that frustrates me. I'm supposed to take a WestJet flight. Oh, lovely. Can we really not get this figured out? It's been two, over two months now with this insanity at the airport. People wouldn't be losing their mind over lost luggage if they would stop losing their fucking luggage. Why is this still happening? We've known this was an issue for a long time. Figure it out. Figure it out. You know, I mean, if, if there's a strike now, it's going to be a mess. I hope that's not the case. What's the um, is there like a uh, a due date, if you will, on the next negotiations or a day, date that we have been given for? Well, the union has said they'll they've given the notice that it'll be next Wednesday that they walk off the job. So I would assume that they're going to be negotiating right up until next Wednesday. Right. And these things typically go right down to the wire, right yeah. down to the deadline. Yeah. It's a game of chicken. Who's going to, yeah. to cower first? And WestJet it may, because when you take a look at travel, we know it's red hot right now. Yes, they're dealing with a lot of shit, but at the same time, they're making money, Scott. So I don't see how they would be... If it's, if it's about a small amount, I could see it happening just because let's just get through this summer with these with a crazy amount of travel that we have and if that doesn't go through and if they do end up striking man that's going to be a the airports are going to be a million times worse than they are now particularly pearson but just about anywhere while we're talking planes i'm having a back and forth on twitter right now with a bunch of the true and non-army uh those who defend the prime minister blindly no matter what he does because they're they're trying to get the prime minister's plane cf1 delisted from Flight Radar 24 and all the other flight tracking apps. You can go on and track the Prime Minister's plane. And and the Prime Minister apparently has decided he doesn't like this now and he wants it taken off. And people are jumping up saying, well, it's for security. You can't say where the Prime Minister's plane is. It's really only a security issue if if you had a plane too and you were going to go and do something. But the Prime Minister's plane is very well protected. There has never been a security issue in the past with the Prime Minister's plane. We have NORAD that is laser focused on protecting our leaders like Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau. There's really no risk here. But those flight tracking apps, in addition to being fun and neat, I like to look at them. It's kind of nice to know where the Prime Minister's going and which route he decides to take. This is the guy who got caught saying he was going to be one place, but then he took off on a surfing vacation to Tofino with our plane. And it's our plane. The Challenger fleet belongs to the people of Canada. It doesn't belong to Justin. It's not his private jet. If he wants to lay low, 
Tell him to rent a private jet. He can rent a private jet anytime he wants if he wants to pay for it. But if you want to fly in the people's plane, there's no security issue here. We should absolutely be able to have that as public information. I don't know if I would consider it a security issue, but there's certainly people who will follow him around and and attack him everywhere he goes. I mean, I wouldn't like that if I was a leader and maybe one that people don't really all love. We can we can we, we can know that. that. We can yeah. agree on that. So I wouldn't want someone tracking me if I knew that all they were going to do is try to show up to an airport I was at or outside of an airport I was at and just yell at me like it's kind of fucking pointless. I, I'm fine with it personally. I don't give a shit. There's you think ne- that they would leak information to us or let us know if there was a potential threat so other people could jump on board and join that threat? What, what would the threat be to the prime minister in the, Death? In the air? Probably No, in, what in landing? The- it's not about in the air. It's about where you land and when you're taking off. That is the security issue. 100% I would agree with that. It's never, ever been a security issue. It doesn't mean that it couldn't happen. There's never, ever, ever been a, whatever, a shooting at this place. It doesn't mean it can't happen. Let me tell you something. If this were turned around, if this was turned around, <laughs> if this were turned around, and, and keep in mind, Stephen Harper was not a particularly popular prime minister at the end either. If Stephen Harper had come out and said, you know what? You guys don't need to know where I'm going to be flying anymore. I'm going to delist my plane, your plane, from the flight tracking software. There would have been an uproar and an outrage. This is not about security. It's about protecting your guy. And I don't mean protecting in a physical sense. I mean in a metaphorical sense because the whole thing stinks. This guy just got caught lying about where he was with our plane. Yeah, I just, I don't know. For me, I don't care who the leader is. If this is, if they're saying it's a security thing, I don't know. I don't know what threats they had that have been received and what isn't and what might be serious and what isn't. So I don't know. Again, I'm just, I understand that it could be a security threat knowing when someone is going to be at a particular place at a certain time when you have a target on your back. That is a security issue to me. Hmm. Toronto is going to limit how many guinea pigs the uh, residents can own. That is such a bizarre and ra- what happened to make that a thing, by the way, this mu- there, there's got to be a story behind it. It particularly guinea pigs of all things. I had two guinea pigs growing up. And was that too many? I would say so. Could you have used two more? <laughs> no, definitely not. Listen, here's the thing. It was a recommendation about updating the city's bylaws and, and they did make some changes and some of them are good. So if you live in Toronto, rules are changing. Here's what got passed yesterday by city council. The new animal bylaws say that you can have no more than four guinea pigs or rabbits per household. Other changes include a ban on feeding wildlife on property, sorry, private property, with the exception of bird feeders. Sure, that's fair because you don't want to attract them. Get it? You also don't want to attract coyotes and skunks. Newsflash, they're already here and they're taking over. The raccoons are going to run this city soon. And they will eat the bird shit anyway. (laughs) There's a new deadline, and this should probably be across the board nationally. You have a 24-hour deadline to remove pet waste from your property. In other words, if you're that dog owner who just opens the back door and lets your dog poo all winter and figures she'll clean it up in the spring, that's not allowed. Why can't we have that everywhere? We should have it everywhere. 24 hours, if there's dog poo in your yard, you got to clean it up. (gasps) I used to live uh, right next to somebody who just left bombs all over the property. Mm-hmm. Multiple dogs, bombs oh, oh. everywhere. And then every few months, maybe I'd see them pick it up or complain about picking it up. Well, then try to do it more often. It does. It looks terrible. It stinks. I understand in the winter it's cold, 
Like, yeah, it still doesn't look nice. I always think about my, because I have a dog, obviously, and every now and again, yeah, he absolutely poops in the backyard. I always try to look at it from my neighbor's perspective. My neighbor's looking out the window, and we have a nice view in the back, great, lush green space, and they look down, and there's dog shit. No thanks. Regardless of where you live, it doesn't matter. I think that, that this should be something that's implemented everywhere. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't think it's an issue to cap how many small animals someone can have, four per household, a little arbitrary, but that's probably for the best anyway. Sure. What about the people that have the outdoor, the the indoor outdoor thing? Like I know some people who are like hardcore rabbit lovers. I don't see a lot of the guinea pig ones, but rabbit lovers who have like the hutch, you know, like they have the outdoor hutch. They keep the rabbits outside um, during the nice, the nice warm months. Could, could more than four be okay there? And it also, my second question, is this grandfathered? So I don't think, I think it would be to the extent that if you be. have more than four now. They're not going to come to your house and take away your guinea pigs. No, <laughs> but when they die, you're not replacing you're, little little thumper gotcha. or, or whatever a guinea a pig's squeakers name is. Or shish kebab if it was mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The last one, and this one council rejected. I wish I could have seen the debate on this because I think it would have been hilarious. But there was a recommendation that council either require cats to stay inside or when they're outside, they would have to be leashed. Ooh, leashed up cats. You ever seen a cat on a leash? Because cats don't, I have a feeling. They I'm have not gonna, very low I, tolerance for <laughs> leashes and bullshit. I'm not going to speak for all cats, but I'd imagine they hate it. They would hate the thought of that. The cats, is, it's one of those arguments. That, thankfully, I'm not in. I, I don't have a cat in the race, if you will. I don't have a cat. I've never owned a cat. Don't not interested in having a cat ever. But the arguments that take place between those who believe no cat should ever be outdoors and the people who always let their cats outside, I see it. I see it on Facebook groups and I hear about it and there are people who are passionate one way or the other. You're killing your cat if you let your cat outside. What the fuck are you doing? Other people who are like, cats are meant to be like this. They're not fully domesticated animals. I like to just sit back and watch that. But I know some people are extremely against having cats outdoors. So those are, I'm assuming, the people that step forward and said, let's at least make sure they're on a leash. Yeah, I had a cat around when I was growing up most of the time. But generally speaking, we had dogs. My mom has a cat and the cats go outside. And most of the time, they just sort of toot around the backyard and lay in the sun and have themselves a good time. But every now and again, they'll go for a little stroll. They come back when it starts to get dark or when it's time for dinner. And yeah, there's some risks with letting your cat outside because there's other predators out there. Sure. Not to mention the cats themselves are kind of predators. They go after birds and mice all the time. They go after each other. And each other. They go after each other. And I mean, I think maybe we've all seen or witnessed a cat fight. That's why it is what it's called. I I also, where I would agree with this, it's just the the cat owners that are, that did not neuter or spay their cats. Yes. Right? I used to have a neighbor that just didn't give a shit and her cat was pregnant constantly, didn't neuter they sold the kittens to like whoever showed up for 10 bucks a pop. Like you don't know what they're doing to these kittens. Anyway, that that kind of and I know that's hopefully a small percentage of cat owners that aren't responsible. But that is the only reason I would be unhappy with it. If you just let your cat out willy nilly to get pregnant and God knows what happens to the kittens and then the cat might suffer some issues because of it. That's why. And I do worry about them getting hit by cars and everything else, but most cats are pretty smart. I would have thought that cats could stay inside because I've always had an outside cat. But seeing my mom's cat and how much it wants to be outside, how much it likes being outside, it's got a really good balance. Outside, it seems to be somewhat of a predator because it comes back with mice every now and again. Right. But inside, it's a 
perfectly normal little house pet. Yeah. So I don't really have a problem with it. But like you said, you got to be responsible with it. Yeah, as long as you're responsible. I don't see why what the harm is. In any case, whoever proposed that cat owners should have their cats on a leash if they're going to go outside. I'm glad city council shot that down because that was just ridiculous. The thought of having to put your cat on a leash to let them outside is just not practical. Even if it is best practice, it's just not going to happen with the vast majority of cats. And I think council realized that. And that's why they shot that one down. I had a neighbor that took their cat out on a walk in a stroller all the time. In a stroller? In a stroller. Like the cat wasn't oh, even walking. On. What are we doing here? The cat's in a stroller. I thought it was a baby once. And I, the very first time that I that I saw her, I was like, oh, I didn't know you had a baby. It was an older woman. So I thought, this is strange. This is your grandkid. And I didn't know. And I peek in and it was like, meow. <laughs> what Holy the heck shit. is happening? Yeah. <laughs> um, Winnipeg is home to Angela Chalmers. Monday, she woke up and experienced what I think most people would be petrified by. She woke up in her home, went downstairs. Oh, my God. There's a stranger in my house. Whoa. Sleeping on her sofa. Mm. She didn't know this person. So she ran upstairs and called 911. And you can tell she's like trying to be quiet, right? Like, hey, there's somebody in my house. I guess the 911 operator was still fairly new on the job and had never encountered a call like this. The advice the dispatcher gave was not helpful. Imagine this. You phone 911 and you're in such a vulnerable state. You have no idea what that person that broke in, what their intentions are. Nope. If they're armed, you don't know what's going to happen On next. drugs, what they're, yeah, all those things. You're going to be scared if yeah. nothing else. So she tells that to the dispatcher and the dispatcher says, police are really busy right now. And asked if she'd mind going back downstairs to try and wake the intruder up. I'm not kidding. Uh, wow. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> what is that thought process if you're the 911 dispatcher? Because I know you have to be prepared for just about anything. Those calls come in. They are high stress, high anxiety. You're dealing with someone who's obviously in an altered state because they're either scared or they're uh, witnessing a crime taking place. I get it. Or a medical episode, of course. So you've got to be calm and composed and have a good idea of how to handle a situation. In this case, telling the person, yeah, I'd love to help, but we're really busy right now. Do you think you could just go wake him up and maybe he'll leave on his own? Is that really good advice to tell the homeowner who yeah. has just been the victim of a home invasion I, and the intruder's still in the house? I know dispatch gets calls for stupid reasons, and we talked about them on the podcast before. My nuggets didn't come, you know, hot, or what? I didn't get my whatever on the side, like all those stupid kind of calls that we hear of. I, I get that you get those calls, but why would you assume that this woman was just going to deal with someone who's like, oh, sorry, yeah, wrong house, and just leave? You have to almost assume the worst, I feel like, as a 911 dispatcher, and you have to be good at your job. Obviously, this person isn't. This person just isn't good at figuring out what might constitute an emergency, which is kind of a scary thought, isn't it? When that's your job, is to figure out, yep, that sounds like an emergency. Let's dispatch as soon as possible, or whatever, or here's the proper precautions to take in this situation. And I don't know what they are in that situation. I assume, yeah, we're going to send a cop out at least one patrol ASAP. Right. Because it, this person could be dangerous. You don't know their intent. Angela told the operator, absolutely not. I am not going to wake up that stranger who broke into my house and fell asleep on my couch. So the dispatcher was like, all right, we'll send out the police. 
They got there 20 minutes later. The guy was still asleep on the couch. As soon as they woke him up, sure enough, he became aggressive. It took four cops to drag this guy out of the house and get him in handcuffs. The police say they will be providing feedback to the dispatcher who handled the call. Is that enough? (laughs) Is that enough providing feedback? If let's say this dispatcher's track record other than this is fine. You think that's fine? Yeah, I mean... Extra training? Extra training is probably (laughs) called for. Some best practices. Never send the victim to confront the attacker. You wouldn't think maybe a suspension would be... Or anything like that? Nah? I don't think anything's going to happen to her. I don't know if they're going to put her right back on the call center, but uh, uh, maybe they'll just tell her, hey, listen, if any more uh, crime calls come in, you you shovel those off to somebody else. You handle some of the 911 uh, medical calls that come in or something like that. Either way, bad idea for sure. Cheese. Cheese is on our radar today. You likely saw it this morning. It was all over the news. Velveeta, which is the magical cheese that comes in the gourmet mac and cheese. (laughs) I've always called it the gourmet mac and cheese. My mom, ah, fuck. She is such a smart lady. When we were growing up, we didn't have a ton of money, single mom. And and we used to have craft dinner. Mm -hmm. KD was cheap. You you get a box for like 79 cents back then. But there was that other mac and cheese. It wasn't a tall, narrow box. It was a shorter, wider box. That's where the good stuff was, Kat. And in there, it wasn't just some packet of powdered cheese that you mix with milk and it turns into cheese. No, no, no. It was a a bag of actual Velveeta cheese. And when you put that on and that magic hit your mouth, I loved it. And my mom would always tell me, like, this is the good stuff, all right? We're having the gourmet mac and Mm. cheese tonight. And I just grew up thinking, oh, that's the gourmet mac and cheese. I had no idea. It was probably 10 times worse for me and just as gross as regular (laughs) mac and cheese. But I grew up thinking that, you know. I don't think I've ever had it before. Oh, okay. I I know that uh, you have different uh, dietary needs. You should totally try it. It is the creamiest, richest mac and cheese. But it's, well, with inflation the way it is, it's probably like $11 a box now. It used to be in and around five or six bucks a box. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it really was like pricey. Sure. No wonder she called it gourmet. That was a whole $5 to feed us. Absolutely. So Velveeta, who makes the cheese that goes in the gourmet mac and cheese, uh, wants a little bit of attention. So they've come up with something outrageous to get people like us to talk about it. And I'll bite because it's an interesting concept, at least. Velveeta Martini. A Veltini is what they call it. And they've signed a deal to make it available in a chain of restaurants. BLT Steak is going to sell the Veltini. It's Velveeta cheese-infused vodka. Who the fuck thought that was a good I, idea? I, Who I, thought it was a good <laughs> idea to mix vodka I, and cheese? I like cheese. I, I, vodka's okay. I would never put vodka together with a cheese, and I probably would never put a cheese together with a vodka. Cheese and wine, yeah, but in a glass together, No. Um, you know, good for them though. Look who we're talking about, Velveeta. Okay, so confuse me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you this morning because I, is Velveeta a brand? It's or a type of Vel- cheese. So how is that like an official account? Like, is there an official account for Gouda cheese? And Probably. who runs that? I don't. The, the, the cheese wizards? Like, I don't Mr. understand. Gouda. Who's behind that? <laughs> is there a cheddar account? Like, how do you own cheese? I'm really confused by that. I always thought Velveeta was. I didn't think that Velveeta was a brand, but is it a? 
Is it also a brand and the cheese? It could be a brand and the cheese. I Because how do you have an official account for Velveeta? Who's speaking for a cheese? I'm so confused. It's owned by John Velveeta. <laughs> right, guys? Like, I don't know. Like, it's like having an official meat page. Are you speaking for all the meat? I don't understand it. Okay. Well, I mean, we, we can look into it. We can do a deeper dive right, there. Okay. That's fine. But I'll tell you, this has Velveeta cheese-infused vodka, an olive brine. So we're making this uh, like a dirty martini here. It's going to be some dry vermouth, as always. It's going to be garnished with Velveeta cheese stuffed olives, jumbo size Velveeta cheese shells, pasta, and a cheese drizzle along the rim of the glass. This is like, um, I mean, they're they're really trying to get viral. It's not the first time they've done this. It was back in June. They put out a nail polish that smells like cheese. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so, I, okay, marketing standpoint, hey, it, we're talking about Velveeta. That's great. Maybe it's going to make some people buy Velveeta. Again, the, the brand or the cheese. I'm very confused. But okay, I think that some people might actually try that though. Maybe when they've had other drinks first. Like if you're already four drinks in, that's when maybe you're like, I'm going to have a Velveeta Martini. <laughs> that's what I, because you know what? Nothing will wash this down like a good glass of cheese. Okay, well, let me ask you though. Have you ever had so many of the same drink that even though you're not buzzed yet as much as you want to be, you just don't want another one of those drinks. 100%. You want to switch to something else. 100%. If I do a specialty cocktail, because like my usual go-tos, I never get sick of. Like a, a rye and Zevia. That's one of my go-tos. It's kind of like a rye and Diet Coke, if you will, but without the aspartame. Um, and then uh, a wine of some kind, right? Fine. A bottle of wine. Great. But every now and again, I might enjoy a cocktail. I made like a fresh raspberry cocktail the last weekend or the weekend before. Anyway, whatever. But what what only- kind of cheese did you use? <laughs> yeah, great question. <laughs> I didn't know I could put that in there. But I can only have one of them. A Caesar does the same thing, by the way. If I treat myself to a Caesar, I can't do more than one. Hmm. It's too much. These are available at BLT steak locations. Okay. All right. I mean, that's a reputable steak chain. I mean, they're in New York, Miami. They're all over the place. But you can also buy the kit, cat. If you want a Kit Kat, Kit Kat. if you want the Kit Kat, it's <laughs> it's a fifty dollar Veltini meal kit, uh-huh. and it comes complete with a martini glass and a shaker. You, they say, could also, if you really want to, DIY it with a box of just Velveeta mac and cheese, and then just use the cheese from there and go ahead and do it. But you'll have to cheese infuse the vodka yourself. And while you're doing that, just take a quick look around. Look around your kitchen. Maybe you look out the window, maybe even look in the mirror and ask yourself, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. I'm, I'm mixing a cheese martini. And if you come up with a good answer, go ahead and drink it. If you can't figure out how to justify that in your own mind that you're making a cheese-based martini, throw it out and pour yourself a real drink. That's my uh, advice to you. Okay. <laughs> you know what? As a follow-up, uh, just for a little education purposes too, I did look it up. And Velveeta is a brand name for a processed cheese product. So, so it like is cheese, the cheese and the brand. It's like Cheese Whiz. Cheese Whiz. But but it's not, like, I mean, I don't know how they create it. You have to look at the ingredients list here. It's You probably don't want to. You probably don't want to. But it's a created. It, this isn't, like, this is a created cheese. I'm so happy that you've now learned about this. And I'm very excited for when you inevitably, because I know you will, buy a box of that nonsense yeah. for, like, $8 and make it. You're going to come in the next day and say either, <laughs> I can't believe I've never had that, or... You're going to say, 
Wow, you owe me eight dollars. See, I, probably, <laughs> probably that one. I and, and my might, girls love it, by the way. For those wondering, it is not a cheese. I'd see, and I, I'm glad I'm learning this because I had no idea. I've always heard Velveeta, and I didn't know what that meant. I've never had it in my life, and I thought, where is it at Farm Boy? For example, I can't fucking find. Well, Velveeta might look like cheese and taste like cheese. This says it is technically classified as a pasteurized processed cheese product, like Cheese Whiz, but it's just in like a block. It looks like cheese whiz, to be honest with you. It's yeah. got that. It's easy to shape. See? I'm surprised nobody's tried to make a cake out of it or something like that. But again, hey, good good marketing. You, you're getting people to talk about Velveeta. Don't look at the nutrition ingredients. Just go ahead and have yourself a glass of cheese. <laughs> Seriously, there are people who would do that though. I mean, if they'll drink ranch dressing, they'll drink Velveeta cheese. Uh, Bumble is in the news because. They obviously would like more engagement on their site, so they put out some recommendations from time to time. And these, I think, are practical. They say all of their research has led them in one direction. Less is more. They say on your profile, you should have at least three pictures, but no more than six pictures. That's the sweet spot. If you can get between three and six photos on your dating profile, it can lead to 93% more matches. I believe that as long as you think long and hard before you post those photos, because some of them just don't belong on your dating profile. Thank you for saying that. There's truth to that too. Now, look, I'm not on dating apps. I've never been on dating apps. I was in a relationship since before those were even a thing sad but true <laughs> I'm, I'm old but when my girlfriends will show me if they're on a dating app they'll go to like scroll through photos and stuff that is usually so guys so guys who are looking for girls the number one complaint that i've heard from my girlfriends on those apps is lack of photos i can't decide if i want to swipe on this person or i can't decide if i'm interested because they're only showing me this one maybe kind of blurry or it's far away you know, far away or just one you know image instead of like a you know like it doesn't tell me anything about you there's also the group shot where you're not exactly sure which guy it is <laughs> which one are you yes yeah. the mystery one absolutely there's and then you're like or it's like a photo of there they're with someone else and you're like that's weird who is that person you're with if it's just like one other person or it's a a guy and a, a, a the guy that maybe you'd be interested in but then he's with some chick and you're like, well, who's the girl? Like, you don't explain that. Why are you using that as a profile photo? I think there's a lo- photos do go a long, 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 long way. And I hope people realize that. Three to six photos is the sweet spot. And then you got to tweak your biography a little bit. 32 more, 32% more matches go to detailed bios. But Bumble says, keep it snappy and positive and be specific, but not too specific. Hmm. They say those types of profiles tend to do the best. I'm wondering what that means. Be specific, but not yeah. too specific. Are there people who like list their day-to-day activities at their job? Like, could you imagine? Let's say you had a Scott Fox profile and you're like, yeah, instead of just being like, hey, I'm a morning show host, I'm a podcaster, and I, and I do this and that, like to the point, right? Imagine you were like, I get up at this time and then I have a coffee and then I uh, prep for the show couple of different spots I like to prep in and then I do this and then I decide and then I flip my headphones on like could you imagine maybe there's people that go into that much detail which is totally off-putting I get it okay they say use your profile to create conversation starters include pictures and details about yourself that might spark conversation they say it's all about making it easier for the other person to reach out to you 
and break the ice. Oh, I like that. Maybe travel photos would do that. What do you think? Like, hey, you've been here. That's fun. Sure. Yeah. That's a good conversation starter. Uh huh. Uh huh. You have a dog? Is that your dog? Right. That's a good conversation. Dogs. No, are I always- fucking rented it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Though? <laughs> of course, it's my dog. No, Scott. There are people that take photos with other people's dogs because they know it will get more swipes, and because it will swipes, likes, and messages than if you don't have a picture with an animal. What? Yes. People yes. borrow other people's yes. dogs and act as if that's their dog to try and get laid? I don't know if they lie. I'm not going to say that they'll they'll say, yeah, that's my dog. But just the image of a person with an... I would say that this probably goes both ways. Like with a with a woman with an adorable you know kitten or dog and then or a man with an adorable kitten or dog. That is most likely, and it's been proven by, I don't think it was Bumble, someone else, that that gets more swipes and likes. It's like, oh, because you're thought of as all these things were into your mind, right? Sensitive, loyal, sweet, you know, doggone, responsible. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what goes into your subconscious when you see photos like that. So I know that there's people who will do that just to post the photo, even though that's not their dog. Maybe it's their best friend's dog. Maybe it's their cousin's dog. Maybe it's their sibling's dog. Maybe, maybe it's, it's their a parent's dog. dog. Maybe it's a dog off the street. Found it hanging yeah. up by the mailbox. <laughs> a homeless guy that had a dog asked if I could take a pic. Wasn't weird at all. Let me ask you another question then. And give me your honest female perspective. Because we have uh, access occasionally to celebrities. If I take a picture, I've got pictures with everyone from Jennifer Lopez to Taylor Swift to Britney Spears to Shakira to you name it. I've probably interviewed them at some point. Is it weird if on my profile I put up a picture of like me and J-Lo? I mean, she's in the news. Girls love J-Lo and they're probably going to stop and look at a picture of J-Lo. Or does that look cool? Like, oh, fuck, he knows J-Lo. Or is it going to be like... Why is he trying to trying yeah. to flex like that? I think for the okay, so it's it's it, it does kind of depend on the celebrity because how cool would that be if you did share one of the profile? Don't make it your main fo- fo- profile photo, is what I will say. Make it one of these really casual, like yeah, so what? I met J Lo. Yeah, so what? I met Oprah once or whatever the hell it is. Make it a casual thing. I think that would come off cooler than you trying to be a show off. That's what my opinion. And also, I will say this much while you're on that topic because that's a good looking woman. That doesn't matter because a celebrity is a celebrity. Everybody knows them. Like you said, a lot of women love J-Lo. They'd probably be like, tell me more if they saw that. What is gross? I'll mark it as gross. Like, don't post photos of you at a car show with a couple of like bikini clad models. That's where it gets like, that's where it's ick. Hold on. Guys do that on their dating profile? Yeah. Okay. So uh, someone I know. You can't be serious. Someone I know who shall remain unnamed saw an attractive girl at an event we were at once. And she was uh, she was a performer there. I'll just say that much. I don't want to give too much away. But he, he was like, can you help me get a photo with her? No problem. I'm a fantastic wing woman, by the way. So I did. I ended up chatting with her. I was like, hey, this is blah, blah. Let's take a photo. And I took a photo. He was so happy. And he said, I can't wait to make this my Tinder profile photo. Oh, no. And I was like, dude, what do you mean? No, no. Show your show your friends. Post it on your Facebook page or whatever you have, Instagram or I don't know, TikTok or whatever. Not your dating profile because that looks kind of, it looks gross. Yeah. That looks gross. I don't know what in a guy's mind would think, oh, if I post pictures with me and girls in bikinis at a car show, it'll probably attract more girls. It won't. No. It won't. Last tip that they have to, again, try and get your profile working at, at optimum speed. Is they say, 
do video dates for your first date. And that way you can Mm -hmm. weed out the people you don't actually want to go out with in person. And they point out, you can go on a lot of dates. You can go on multiple dates a day and it gets exhausting after a while. So save yourself the time and money and just do a video date first. Hey, that's fine. If you like that advice, you go ahead and do it. But I'll tell you though, you might be missing out on somebody great. If I did video dates for the first date, I would never get an actual in-person date because I hate the online stuff so much. You think so? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, and I, you can tell in my face that I'm not having a good time. I'm going to look miserable and probably be cranky and uh, I don't want to do the video uh. shit. But I totally understand if you're not comfortable meeting at first. We can talk it out and whatever. I, I just don't want to do the video thing the video. Um, okay. unless it's essential. Like if, let's say J-Lo and Ben didn't work out. If she called me and said, hey, I remember talking to you in Toronto when I was there. Want to FaceTime? Yeah. If she said that, I'd find a way to make myself smile. (laughs) But otherwise, I'm really not interested in the video chats. Yeah, I know. For some people, it might be important to them. And it also might take a little pressure off if you already figure I'm probably going to go out on a date with this person. Let's take the pressure off and have like a face-to-face thing before we see each other in person for the first time. Maybe it's helpful, maybe not. But I think at the least an audio conversation is a good idea. Not bad. Hey, remember when you used to talk on the phone yeah. before you went out? You can learn a lot about someone. And I think sometimes even having the face thing can just maybe just even distract you. In some cases, can be a little distracting to the conversation that's actually happening, right? We should do a little studio update because we haven't done that in a while. And and you long time after nine listeners know that we've moved studios a few times because we used to be on in Toronto and then we came to Kitchener and then they built us a studio for after nine. And then we had <coughs> many technical issues. Mm-hmm. There was a part that they had to fly in on like a dove's wing from <laughs> North Korea or something that. like that. And, and they finally got it all up and going. And then when I thought everything is perfect, we had that noise. A little clack, 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 clack in the background. And as it turns out, we needed a damper replaced because it was part of the HVAC. It was part of the the pipes in the roof. That's fixed. Wait, listen. Wait, listen. Right? You don't hear anything. That's great. great? You don't hear that loud noise. So here's the problem now. It is so fucking cold in here. So cold. I don't know how you're doing it wearing what you're wearing because I'm wearing twice as much clothes as you are <laughs> and I'm freezing my nuts off. It's right hard now. to find a balance. Like I'm I'm coming in here, stepping outside, even at, you know, whatever, four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, well, it's warm out here, but I got to bring my sweater to work because it's freezing cold once you go in and then it's hot and then it's cold. But this particular studio, the podcast studio, man, they they keep us awake. That's for sure. With the cold air that's blasting. The. uh Researchers have been working on this one for a while, and we're going to spend some time on it because I really like it. There's certain little things that happen in a day that can totally change around the trajectory of your day. Mm -hmm. They're called little wins. And researchers say that we typically enjoy about four little wins a week, about 184 times a year, we get a little win that just makes us feel good. And they laid out some of the top little wins, little things. And I think this is important because people are stressed. People are losing money. People have no faith in government. They're worried about what's going to happen in the fall with restrictions and shit. And so I think that we should all take a moment here and there to take stock of our little wins, to celebrate the small things that nobody else influenced it. You did it yourself. And you came out on top just for having been in that circumstance. 
So let me run down a couple of them for you. Some of them are smaller. Some of them are bigger. But if any of these things happen to you, stop and pause for a second and think to yourself, that's a win. And actually recognize it as a win as if you're ahead. Because it can totally change your mind around or your day around. Okay. Finally, finding something you thought you'd lost and you've been looking for for ages Ah. is one of the top little wins that you can experience in life. Traffic lights turning green as you approach. That's the best. Isn't it? That's a great feeling when you're like, yeah, I got here in time. (laughs) Even better when you can get two, three, four green lights in a row. You better go buy a lottery ticket. That's incredible, especially if you're on a main thoroughfare. When you get an unexpected tax rebate or you get back more than you thought you were going to get. Also a great feeling. An unexpected raise. Of course. Of course. That's does when that your boss often? calls you in and offers you more money for doing the same amount of work. How often does that happen? <laughs> Surprise. Raise. We're just going to give you money. What is that? Have a good weekend. <laughs> Getting in a lineup. Right before loads of other people get in the line. Like, oh, that is nice. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, hey, there's nobody in line at Tim's. Just go and go up there and place your order. And then you look behind and now there's like 20 people behind you. That's a little win that you can celebrate and feel good about. Yeah. Free hotel upgrade. Oh, that's good too. Some people are good at talking their way into that. I know. Okay. Well, some people are good at talking their way into it, but a lot of the times they lie. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's our anniversary or something like that. No, it's fucking not. You just lied to get an upgrade. And (laughs) And you know what? If it came down to you with nothing to celebrate and me with nothing to celebrate, I had a (laughs) 50-50 chance of getting that upgrade myself. But you fucking lied. And they always sing say it like that. It's our anniversary. (laughs) What can we get? We just got engaged. (laughs) We we carry a ring around just for when we check into hotels. (laughs) When you have successfully... This one doesn't apply to you. When you've successfully planted something and it blooms for the first time. That would be a win for me. I've never actually done it. So I should try and then see what happens. Can you imagine if you, our resident botanist, planted something and a few weeks later it started to sprout? I imagine that'd be all over your Instagram. That would be. I would be amazed. When it's sunny and it's a day off. Such a little thing. Nobody else influenced that. But you know what? I just happen to be off today and it's a beautiful day. Mm -hmm. That's another one of life's little wins. That is a win. When you do a DIY project and it actually comes out better than you thought. I'm going to retile the backsplash in my kitchen and I'm not very good at tile, but I'm going to give it a whirl. And it comes out looking like a contractor did it. Consider that a win. And you get to save money. That I'm going to add that in too. When you do it yourself, which means you save a little bit of money, that's a win. This is such a simple thing, but this is one that other people can influence. Little life win. Getting a random compliment from a stranger. You know what? We should all I, probably make an effort to do that more. We should do that more because when we receive it, when it happens to me, I realize like how nice that is. If something as small as as like, hey, I like your shirt or whatever it is, that can go a long, long way. I just did that the other day. I was in line at the grocery store and we were waiting on this this guy person checking out that was either new or I don't understand. But anyway, it took, was so long and we gave each other looks and I thought, I like that jumper. And in my mind, I would have probably... I don't know if I didn't think about it. I would have just thought it in my head and then carried on. But I thought, no, I'm going to tell her how much I like it. We ended up getting into a lovely conversation. She let me use my card to get points for her groceries because she forgot her card. No way. It ended up working out really well. And I may, I think I made her. She was smiling. She was like, that makes me happy. Thank you so much. 
And I thought, what a nice encounter. We should do this more often. I think that you can, and, and look at it. This is considered a life win when you get a compliment from a stranger. Flip it around. Think of how much impact you can have on somebody else yeah. just by being nice just- or just by being there by being curious, being uh, positive around them and giving mm-hmm. them a compliment. If we all made an effort to compliment one person a day, think of how much better the world would be. It would change a lot. I really do, do believe it would change a lot. When someone says you're wrong about something, but you Google it and find out you were right. That's a <laughs> life win. That's a win. Yeah. Yeah, and you got understand when you're wrong. You know what I mean? Like, okay, all right. And then that person will take their win. Be humble, right? Be humble. Be humble. But when you know you won, that's a great feeling too. It's hard to contain the smile, <laughs> right? You know. When you find out you still fit into a very old piece of clothing, like a suit or a dress yeah, or something sure, like that. Yeah. Look at that. It still fits. I can't do that. Nothing fits anymore. I had to go to uh, uh, buy new clothes, but some new clothes last week because everything is falling off of me. Everything. I can't leave the house without a belt, but I don't want to replace my whole wardrobe because I don't trust myself to not get fat again. Oh my gosh. That was what my hu- my husband had the exact same. Finally, he got rid of all his clothes. Did he? It took him this long. Because he, lo- he lost he, a ton of weight. He lost like 70 pounds three and a, uh, three and a half years ago, four years ago. And it, he took him up until like a couple of months ago. I was finally like, get rid of these clothes. Don't put it in your mind that you're going to gain weight back. And you know what? If you do gain weight back when you're, you know, 45, 50 or whatever it is, you're not going to want to wear half these fucking clothes anyway. Uh-huh. Just donate them. And that's what he did. Do 50 year olds not wear those Puma track suits anymore? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and some of the shit was old. Like some of the stuff he had was, yeah, tear was quite track old. Yeah, like was quite old that he barely wore anyway. Like get rid of it. But yeah, you should. You should do a wardrobe cleanse. Just do it. I, I, and I love the idea of it. And I hear what you're saying. And I think you're... Uh, very overly optimistic to believe that I cannot put this weight back on, but I just, I don't trust myself yet. You know what I do is my wedding dress. I base that my wedding dress and I'll try it on every now and again, and usually right around my anniversary. I, I don't do it as like a tradition. My aunt actually does that as a tradition. She puts on her wedding dress and the whole great. It's great. It's beautiful. But I, I usually try to, to judge that on whether or not I need to lose a few, which is usually why by the fall comes, I try to lose it. I, I, it's like, oh, I gained a few in the summer. I lose a bunch by fall. And then that way by Christmas, I'm good to go to gain a little bit more. <laughs> I base it on my wedding dress. Still talking about life wins. There's only a couple more. I know we're going long here. When you wake up thinking it's a work day and then realize, oh, it's the weekend. I don't have to go anywhere. That's that is, a win. That is a great win. Arriving late for a bus or a train or whatever it is, only to discover it's delayed, so you're not actually late. When you get to the airport, shit, I'm going to miss my flight. Oh, flight's delayed 15 minutes. I'm not going to miss my flight. That rarely happens when that kind of thing gives you a win. That's great. When a social event you couldn't be bothered with gets canceled anyway. Oh, that's great. Or Or you hear it sucks. Oh, yeah. Don't you get that in the back of your mind, too, when you find out, like, oh, it's good you didn't go because this. You'd be like, oh, yeah, really? And then you're like, thank God I didn't go. I say that at least once a week. Thank God I didn't go to that. (laughs) All the time I do. Because, yeah, yeah, sometimes stuff is shitty. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Parallel parking on the first try, not having to pull back out and adjust the wheels. That's a win. Great one. Getting a seat on a busy train. Okay, if you take transit, I guess that would be good. Receiving an online d- delivery earlier than you thought. 
Oh, I love that. I wasn't expecting this till Monday and it's here now. Yep. Winning an online auction with a last second bid. Oh. I, I've done that. And yeah. I don't know. Most of the time I didn't want it anyway. I was hoping somebody would outbid yeah. me. It's I, for charity. I only so bid I on it because it was for charity, <laughs> really. You almost feel pressured. And they know who you are when you go. Like, well, that, you got a bid. You're like, okay, I'll bid. Oh, I, I won that? Great. I can't wait to have dinner at that place that doesn't look very good. <laughs> Other life wins. When you and your partner go to the movies and there's nobody else in the theater. It's oh, just the two of you. That is lovely. That's when you have sex in the theater. That's when you that's, <laughs> that's when you better get ready. When you attempt a joke and it lands, uh, when you attempt to tell a joke and it goes over really well and people find it funnier than you thought they would. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a win. Hey, I'll if anyone that. laughs at my joke, I'll take that as a win. No problem. Coming home from work and dinner is ready. It's oh. a win. Oh, I mean, you can thank someone for that win, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you thought you were going to have to go home and do this or do that or do this or that, it doesn't have to be dinner. It could be when you got dishes in a sink, dishes in the sink. Oh, they're done. Amazing. Or yes. oh, I got to cut the grass when I get home and I hate cutting the grass. Yeah. It's already cut. Yes. Those chores, if they're done already, what a nice difference that makes when in the back of your mind, I've got to do this, got to do that. And you're like, oh, I take that off my list. Thank you. It'll also get you laid. So that's fun. It's a couple. <laughs> There's a couple there that'll get you laid. It's good. Discovering a work meeting that you didn't want to attend has been canceled anyway. Oh, that's good too. Minimum once a week. Every time there's a meeting that gets canceled, you can hear me smiling. You can hear me smiling. Putting the USB in the right way the first time around. Oh, (laughs) that is never me. It's always always upside down. I always do it wrong. Every time. Getting out the right key for your door lock on the first try. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Getting lots of likes on social. Posting a pic that you didn't love, but it turns out everybody else does. Okay. Eh, If likes matter to you, sure, that's it. And that is just some of their suggestions for life wins. If you've got a good one that should be on this list, feel free to DM us. Scott Mm -hmm. Fox on air, Cat on air on Instagram is the best way to reach us. We are going to wrap things up for today, guys, but have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. Looks nice outside. Mm -hmm. We've got one more episode this week, and that is in just under 24 hours. Have a good one. Bye. The big story right now, obviously, is the heat. Uh, as temperatures continue to reach record highs across the world. It's, it's the type of heat where you get into an Uber and you can see the sweat outline of the passenger before you. <laughs> Two governing bodies of Quidditch have announced that they will change the name of the sport to quad ball in an effort to distance themselves from J.K. Rowling. Said bullies, fine, let's go beat up the quad ball players then. <laughs> Some COVID news. I heard that a new variant has been detected and it's called Centaurus. Yeah, my first car in high school was a Centaurus. (laughs) That's right, Centaurus. Apparently, it's got the head of a bat and the body of a horse. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.